101. And in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Investment Property Income Podcast. My name is Jeff Eady and joining me today is my good friend, mortgage broker extraordinaire. Actually, you know, as, as much as I joke with him, he was actually, uh, was, is one of Canada's top mortgage brokers. He's got a over, well, almost 15 years experience now. That's kind of crazy. I always I'm like coming say, up on that. Yeah. Like I think I got about a year to reach 15, but yeah, very close to it at this point. I think that makes you, uh, you're a little long in the tooth, sir. But anyhow, joining me is one of Canada's top mortgage brokers, my good friend and an old timer, Mr. Jonathan Tilger. Jonathan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm awesome, Jeff. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you. I'm, I'm actually, I'm great. I'm great. We got a lot, number of things happening and pretty happy about that the people we're working with are amazing i'm just generally really excited about what's going on in the world right now feeling things are opening up i got to give my dad a hug the other day <laughs> i know that sounds weird but you know he was afraid of coming out of the house for the last year so nobody's even seen him you should see how pale he is it's ridiculous uh <laughs> But as the world opens up, opportunity starts to abound everywhere. Investors get out into the market looking for new income properties. Jonathan, what holds up most people when they're trying to get a deal done? <laughs> oh, well, one of the most frustrating things I always come about is, uh, is just, I'll say, the, the last-minute panic. Hey, I need these documents to get you approved. <laughs> And then you don't hear anything for a week and a half. Yeah, exactly. So how's the <laughs> approval coming? Well, I still need those documents that, that I told you about to get you approved. <laughs> so it, it, it's one of those things that's so, so important is just get yourself lined up in advance. I, I, can, I can tell on most deals, like with probably 95% accuracy, what we're going to need. Every once in a while, based on the situation, something comes out that, that uh, something gets requested that... that uh, a third grade math test. Exactly. I've, I've had that only once, but yeah, that has come up. Um, <laughs> well, and that's what I want to talk about today is how can people be ready to get stuff done? Because we know that um, we're on the more relaxed side of the real estate game, but we know a, a lot of realtors and they're always on the hustle because they got to get there before other people and they got to get deals done fast and, and, and the world moves fast. So how do people get ready to get deals done what's thing one so really it's just i mean understand your really understand what you're at what you want to do and then then go forward get yourself pre-approved and the, the pre-approval so you need to get pre-approved -pre really is get an application started and the proper pre-approval should be going through getting all your income documents all that stuff together so that okay. way, so, so <clears throat> I know this is easy for you. This is the curse of knowledge or get all your documents. What documents, what application, how do I get this stuff? Let's take it back a couple of steps. Let's slow it down. Talk to me like I'm an idiot. First thing I got to do is pick up the phone and call you or send you an email. Exactly. Okay. So that's first step. One is to get a hold of a mortgage broker, preferably Jonathan Tilger. Exactly. <laughs> I love when the modesty kicks in. Like, wow, are you allowed to shamelessly promote me like that? Yeah, it's our <laughs> podcast. Why don't I? Uh, <laughs> um, here's the thing. Um, 
Well, a lot of people like going to the bank. We've covered this before, but you're just going to have more options if you go to a broker and get pre-approved there. Um, I, I think that, would you say it makes you more nimble in the market as an investor to have a broker that's giving you a pre-approval or does that go to one bank? I'll just say there's different types of pre-approvals because I can get you a pre-approval from a lender. I've got a handful of lenders who will issue an actual pre-approval paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, as was, as was a situation the other day that someone's buying something pre-construction, they needed, they needed a pre-approval. Uh, and it was like, they're buying a $1.3 million house. Mm-hmm. And with basically their, with their plan being that they were thinking, well, we need a pre-approval saying a $1.3 million mortgage going, you're not going to get that. But, uh, but what you need is you need something to state that, that you can afford this house based on a mix of the mortgage and what you've got in equity. So what I was able to show is I can actually generate a report, a purview report, which, uh, which will that basically on their current house showing here's the equity they've got in their house here's and then stating with the pre-approval letter saying we can get the mortgage for this plus this part here so there you go that's everything they need so that's everything they needed to present to the builder whereas if they just got a letter saying hey they can get a six hundred thousand dollar mortgage with a 1.3 million dollar purchase that doesn't do much for them uh what the, the <laughs> <laughs> the best part is I know what you're saying and I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Sometimes you go a little fast for me. It's like trying to speak Spanish. <laughs> Just slow it down. So let's break these down. There's So basically there's two types of pre-approvals. There's one that come directly from a lender and there's one that you can set up. That's right. Okay. And the one you can set up basically just establishes the possibility that they'll fall within bank guidelines. Well, when I actually issued that, I've, I've gone through, I've done my homework. I'm not just randomly writing something and that's it, but I've gone through and based yeah, okay. on this criteria. Uh, but I, what I'm able to do is there are certain products where a lender will never issue a pre-approval. For instance, okay. a net worth type lending program, which is what they would fall under. The, a, a, a lender would not issue a pre-approval saying, based on this, we can lend this. Uh, but based on me doing my homework and understanding their whole situation, as you said, going through, I collected all the documentation, did my income review, did review on additional net worth based on the criteria we're doing for them. And so based on that, then I'm able to issue a pre-approval saying, here's the criteria that we can get things done. Okay, so step one is pick up the phone. Yes. <laughs> step two is initiate a pre-approval process with you. That's correct. So what is the first thing that somebody needs to do to initiate that pre-approval process? The, the first thing, I'm going to go back to the phone call. Mm-hmm. And because with that, I mean, I can go through and say, based on this criteria and give you a whole list of things. But in that phone call, and it's usually about a five to 10 minute phone call. I want to just ask some questions to understand your circumstances. And then based on that, now I can outline on the call, here's the documentation I'm going to need from you. Because mm-hmm. it, will, it, will, it will vary. If you've got somebody who, let's just say, they've got a union job that they've been at for 20 years. Let's just say, okay, so let's just say we've got a teacher. Mm-hmm. A teacher, they've got a steady paycheck. They get paid the same thing every two weeks. And, I, and it's 
So the documentation there is different from somebody who is an insurance salesperson. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of in that conversation, I'm going to go through, ask the question. So I understand their circumstances. I understand what they want to do. And now, okay, now I can outline the documentation that need to get. So documentation we're going to need, we're going to need a mortgage application. That's just me collecting their information. Uh, I'm going to need a consent form signed that allows me to talk to lenders, pull credit, other things. And then we will need income documentation. That one's going to vary. I'm not going to go into that one here, but it, it, employment letters, pay stubs, uh, tax returns, these different things based on circumstances. And I can outline that based on, uh, based on our conversation, what's going to be needed. Okay. So one is the mortgage application, which you will provide. Yep. And then two is the consent form. Yes. And what's the consent form for? The consent form allows me to check credit and also allows me to speak with lenders. And it also gives consent for electronic communication. So now if I send you an email about something, there's not a problem about it. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. The uh, Canadian anti-spam laws. Yep. For anyone out there making sure that uh, you're talking to, uh, if you're talking to marketers, Jonathan and I recently came across this. They're uh, digital marketers. We're going to send out 3,000 emails <laughs> a month for us. And I asked him about the anti-spam laws in Canada and he didn't know what they were. I <laughs> <laughs> want to ask about Castle. That's a total, a total side tangent. Um, but consent form, yeah, that's super important. Three is income documents. And you said these can vary. What kind of income documents would be in there? Uh, so somebody employed, we would probably want an employment letter and pay stub. Yeah. Um, typically, typically in all situations, they're asking for tax returns now as far as your notice of assessments and T1s. All right. Hang on. Hang on. This is where most people get lost, I think. Especially new investors. Old investors know what their NOI, NOAs are and they keep them there. And then notice of assessment. When does that come in? Why is it important? Which page is the most important? <laughs> Uh, so the notice of assessment is, so after you file your taxes, that's the, the form that gets mailed back to you. It's, I believe, a four-page document now. Um, and what page is most, it's usually the second page is the most important one, but really need, I need the full thing. Okay. Okay. And so this is important. As you do your taxes, put your notice of assessment someplace accessible when you need it. Yeah, I'm just looking at my desk, wondering if mine is where I think I put it. Uh, <laughs> um, so notices of assessment is pretty much going to be universal, correct? That's right. Yes. And then T1s? T T1s is T1 general. That's actually your personal tax return. So that's the documentation, which when the whole thing is, it's about a 50 page document. Okay. Uh, but that's that's the the document that goes through and breaks down your income, breaks down all these different write-offs you've had, all these other things. So, question for you: I have an accountant; he handles all that stuff for me. I can access my CRA account. Can I give it to you in a digital form? You definitely can. Is that it, preferred? Uh, digital form is usually easier to deal with. Like you, yes. you like the 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 T one digital is usually the easiest thing to deal with. And as far as your, when you said about accessing your CRA account, if you can access your CRA account, you can pull down your notice of assessments through there. 
I highly recommend to everyone go to Canada.gc.ca, register for My Service Canada and your My CRA accounts because it just makes everything so much simpler. It's a, a bit of a process to uh, to actually get your password. Should you want your sign-in key password, it takes about ten days, but uh, so much easier to access your NOAs and stuff instead of searching through paperwork. And so many people try and search through paperwork for them. Just Find them online. It's easier. I agree with you completely. Or set it up with your accountant because your accountant can do it too. My accountant yep. is awesome. And we've actually had him on the show. Well, the, the, the other thing I will just note about the, about the notice of assessment is if you do owe money at the end of the year, which a lot of people do, that will need to show proof that's been paid. And back to your plug about the, the CRA My Account, if you've got access to that, the easiest thing is just show because it will show you the any installments that are made, any balances due, any payments made. And if it shows, hey, yeah, there was a balance owing, but it will then show the next line should show the payment being made. That's the easiest way to get it. See, and this is what I love about our, our conversations, Jonathan. When I mentioned this topic to you this morning, did you think we'd be talking about the MyCRA account? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You and I were dealing with a, a, a mortgage last year around this time um from they who not shall not be named and uh, i remember that the cra account was a big deal because they didn't have access and it took them 10 days and they were trying to get it approved really quick and it was a private mortgage and just set that up now if you've got if you've got the access to the internet set up your cra account because no matter what it's going to make purchasing a home easier and financing easier definitely will um so we got the noas t1 generals what would be next after income documents uh, really, it's it's the blood down sample? payment. Oh, Sorry? down payment. Okay. Yes. I thought blood sample, but no, I, I usually <laughs> don't need that one there. If you get an insurance, different story. But I usually don't need the blood sample. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> so, <kidding. laughs> so you said uh, next would be down payment, proof of your down payment. Yes. Which would be obviously a bank statement. Uh well, it's understanding where it's coming from. Is it coming from the sale of an existing property off of a line of credit uh, coming through savings? So savings, yes, we'll need bank statements. If it's coming, if you're selling, if it's coming through the sale of the property, then we'll need to get into and, and, and it's usually, okay, if you're just starting the process, you're looking to buy, then you're going to sell your house. We'll need to get, uh, need to get the sale documents, need to get mortgage statements, all those things that the equity is coming out of your current property. Interesting thing there. You said if you're looking to buy and then sell your house, you may need a bridge loan there. That's right. Yes. So how's that work real quick? Just because you mentioned it that way. So it, so the, the timing is, so let, let's pick date. So you, you bought a house. You're taking possession of the house, let's say August 1st. Yep. Your house is sold firm, uh, but the but you're not, it's the day that the, the buyers are closing on from you is August 15th. So there's 15 days where basically you technically will own two houses. Mm -hmm. And the down payments of the $150,000 that's coming from your current house to go into the new place, you got this $150,000 that the, the new purchase is contingent on, but that will not be arriving for 15 days later. So you got no money. Exactly. But <laughs> that's 15 that's, days, but it's coming. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that, that's where you said about the bridge, the bridge loan. So, so bridge financing, that's where, and it will typically be set up by the lender who's doing the purchase with you. Okay. 
And so they will provide the bridge financing. I mean, the, the rate's going to be higher for those 15 days on that, on that money. It's usually like prime plus three, prime plus four, something like that. Keep in mind, this is a short-term loan for a period of call two, it weeks. two weeks. Yeah. How, it, what's the longest you can do those for? 90 days, something like that? It, it, it could be longer. Most of them, most of them are within 30 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the longest one, I think I did one that was, that was 60 days, but usually they're not long. Yeah. Okay. So we got uh, proof of down payment and you, that pretty much is, is situationally dependent and you're going to help figure that out as to what's needed. Yes. What's next? Uh, I mean, I'll need I- identification on only two pieces of ID from everyone who's going on the mortgage, but really to, that's start pretty the, easy. really to start the process, that's what I need. It's really understanding the income situation, the household, the down payment situation, and then a mortgage application. All right, so mortgage app, which comes with a consent form. So we call that one. Yeah. Two would be your income documents. Yeah. And three would be your proof of down payment. That's right. So that's that's pretty simple. One, two, yep. three. Yeah. The, the, on, the only time I'll say it becomes a little more involved, if you do own several rental properties, we'll need to get mortgage statements and, and tax bills for all those properties. Yeah. Well, yeah and, and that's a case by case, right? Exactly. As well as- as well as like some weird, you know, if you're a business owner, there's probably some things that might be needed or if you're a commission salesperson. Yeah, exactly. But we'll just, we'll just sum that up under, hey, the, the household income situation. Yeah. And, uh, and that will vary based on, as you say, the income situation of the house and how, how people make money. Okay. Very cool. Uh, well, I guess you could really, if you had other properties, that's still under the income situation, right? It's under the income, but it's also because we also need worth. to understand the net worth side and everything else. So it's, there's a little bit of work involved with those ones. So it's a good thing that there's a little more work because that means you've got more money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like paying more taxes means you're making more money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything you want to say to, to wrap that up? I think that's a pretty darn good uh, way to get people ready to move when it's time. Yeah, it, the, the big part is if you're thinking about buying something, get all this together in advance. Don't wait. Don't sort of, oh, just found a property. Want to do this now. Want to move in on this property. We need an offer tomorrow. Can we get all this approved? Going, yeah. okay, here's what I, now we're starting. Here's what we need. Get all that stuff together in advance. Have the conversations. That way, that way you're ready to move on stuff, especially the market, the market can be fast right now yep. you got to be pretty fast to be <clears throat> buying so getting all that stuff done in advance allows you to be nimble and moving quicker on properties as opportunities come up and i know a number of realtors actually won't uh, won't work with people unless they've been pre-approved just because it does speed up that process so much exactly yeah. all right fantastic well jonathan thank you so much for your time i always appreciate it uh, I love how our conversations can go off on totally different directions than we totally expected. And uh, somehow you and I ended up talking about the CRA's website. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I do appreciate your time, sir. And thank you for listening. If you want to get a hold of Jonathan or you want to find out anything more about uh, investment property income, the system, the book, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> You can certainly shoot Jonathan an email at ipincome at a mortgageplan.com. Or you can download the free book that Jonathan and I co-authored called Investment Property Income at investmentpropertyincomebook.com. And uh, yeah, download us on any of the normal Spotify, Amazon kind of channels. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have you as a guest on the show. 
Don't be afraid. Shout out at IPIncome at mortgageplan.com. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you, and we appreciate you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.